Fastest. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. It's good to see you. Welcome to our Christmas program. We have lots of great things in store for today. Thank you so much for coming. I will now get out of the way and let it begin. This one up, he is the lamb 
pray. Praise you, Lord, for Christmas. Thank you so much for sending Christ to die as that Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We praise you, we worship you, we thank you for the opportunity today to, to express our great gratitude for who you are and what you've done. There is no God like you to allow yourself to come and to save the creature, wow, wow, how can it be? Thank you for your great love, in Jesus' name, amen. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Take your hymn books this morning, we'll sing out of them number 117. morning. We welcome you to our Christmas program, our Sunday School Christmas program. Uh, what it is, a privilege to have you all here today. And I got to tell you, these kids have practiced really hard. So they are going to do their best to put on a really, really good show for you. Are you excited? Yeah. We are too, and so are they. Are you nervous, guys? Kind of. Did you hear that? They're kind of nervous. 
All right, it's going to be really great. Uh, I was asked to announce there, that um, nursery will not be staffed during the program this morning, but it will be staffed during Sunday school. Okay? So we'll get me off the stage and we'll get the rest of these kids on. They won't be singing for you today, so <laughs> consider yourself lucky for that one. Um, but these are the little ones we have, ages zero to two in the nursery class. I'm just going to introduce them real quick. Um, so we have Heidi and Matthias and Christine and Benjamin and then Deidre and Miles. I almost said Brian. <laughs> That's Miles. And then um, and the, this is Charlotte. So this is our nursery class, age zero to two. So in a couple years, they'll be singing with the toddler group. How about we pray for these precious children? Father, thank you so much for babies in our church. We recognize that that may not always be the case in churches across our land. We are really blessed and really fortunate. May you bless the moms and dads as they raise these loved ones. May one day you bring each one of these young children to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Savior. Thank you so much for the blessing of bringing ones into our church like this. Thank you for the, our church body here in Tawanda. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. The first year we did this, um, our youngest was a baby and brought him up, and he was the only one screaming, singing. And I had the privilege of saying, the one yelling is my child. <laughs> Let's sing again, please. Hark the herald angels sing. Oh, sorry about that. No, I got out of order. My son is playing the piano. Sorry, buddy.
Well, let us thank the Lord indeed for Jesus and for you, class. Thank you so much. All right, now take our hymn books here. Number 125, Heart the Herald Angels.
Emmanuel's other name? Jesus!
The world is looking for peace. Only Jesus Christ offers that, Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. We thank, thank the Lord for Jesus. I'm going to sing again, number 124, while we're doing that. Teens, come on up. You're next. Let's take our hymn books, 124. not. Let's find out in this game show what you can believe. will try to outdo one another with strange and hard to believe facts. Each of our guests will share his or her most bizarre facts until we are left with only one winner who has given the details of an event that is impossible to believe. So let's get started with our guests right now. It snows metal and rains acid on the planet Venus. Your body is creating and killing 15 million red blood cells per second. During your lifetime, you eat about 60,000 pounds of food. That's the weight of about six elephants. A sneeze travels out of your mouth at over 100 miles per hour. Pass it on like the jump out of a moving airplane. Oh, wasn't that exciting? We made it through one round and still have all of our contestants doing fine. Are you ready for more? 
A man named Charles Osborne had the hiccups for over 69 years. If you counted 24 hours a day, it would take 31,688 years to reach one trillion. The longest recorded flight of a chicken is 13 seconds. Windmills always turn counterclockwise except for windmills in Ireland. Um, Pastor Lloyd once shook hands with Abraham Lincoln? That is incorrect. incorrect. He did not shake hands with Abe Lincoln. At least, I don't think so. Too bad, let's try another round. The placement of a donkey's eye in its head enables it to see all four feet at one time. Most lipstick contains fish scales. It's against the law to pawn your dentures in Las Vegas. Pastor Eddie used to be the governor of New Jersey. So sorry. Thank you for playing Believe It or Not. Now we are down to three contestants. Let's see what they have for us next. There are more plastic flamingos in the U.S. than real ones. Snails can sleep for three years without eating. Slugs have four noses. A hard-working adult sweats up to four gallons per day. Pastor Mike roots against the Pittsburgh Steelers every week. It's getting really tough now. We are down to two. Only female mosquitoes bite. By raising your legs slowly and lying on your back, you can't sink in a quicksand. Some Eskimos have been known to use refrigerators to keep their food from freezing. Termites eat wood twice as fast when listening to heavy metal music. <laughs> How much longer can these contestants make it? Let's listen. A baker from Texas made a fruitcake in the shape of her home state that is five feet wide by six feet tall and weighs 150 pounds. Do you have another fact? Five seconds, do you have anything? 2,000 years ago, a woman who was a virgin had a baby in a stable. This baby was God's son, who came down to earth to show his love for each one of us. Later, he was crucified and came back to life so that we, too, can believe in him and have everlasting life. Do, do you have anything else more bizarre than that? Well, folks, you heard it right there. That's right. Woman, baby, stable, God's son came back from the dead and so on. It's up to you to believe it or not. enjoyed the program so far. If you aren't in the Christmas spirit yet, hopefully you're getting there. I'm not sure I like the idea of being governor of New Jersey. I'm not sure that speaks well of me. Whatever the case, we are so glad that you're here with us this morning. 
Um, I know many of you may be visiting here with us for the first time. We are so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you were able to come and join us this morning. Uh, we want to welcome those of you who are with us for the first time um, to go back after the service, go back to our connection corner in the back of the uh, auditorium here. They would love to just connect with you, uh, share some information about our church, um, some ministries that we offer here. Um, just get a record of your attendance, give you some information about the church. And then following this service, there's uh, usually a, a Sunday school. I say usually because I'll explain that in a minute. But there's a Sunday school hour. Um, and so if you're not sure where to go and you'd like to be part of that, uh, please check with them. They'd be happy to tell you where they can go. Um, your kids, you, um, whoever you may have brought with you this morning. Um, also, if you can't for some reason do that uh, because they're tied up, there is also a welcome center in the foyer as well. At this time, I'm going to ask the choir to come forward, and we're going to continue with a few more announcements. We're going to get them on stage here this morning, but a uh, couple of the services coming up that we want you to be aware of. One of them is um, the Christmas Eve service that is going to be on December the 24th at 7 p.m., so we encourage you to be back here. That is Christmas Eve service on the 24th, but then also Christmas Day service. Um, we encourage you to come back for that one. Now, that one's a little bit different because we are, instead of starting at 9.30 in the morning, um, whereas what we normally would do, that one's going to begin at 11 o'clock. No, 10.30. I always have to check. All right, 10.30, 10.30. All right, so be here at 10.30 for the Christmas service. Um, Tonight is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we are going to be having a, uh, we're going to be showing a movie this evening, so we encourage you to come back this evening. It's going to be uh, by a movie by David Jeremiah. It's called Why the Nativity. So we encourage you to come back for that. Just come back, invite a friend, and then also, just, to, just so you know, it'll be a little bit longer than our typical evening service. Typically, we go about an hour. This will be about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, because it is a movie that we're showing, but we encourage you to come back for that. I know that you'll really be blessed by it. Let's stand together for prayer. Father, what a joy it is to celebrate Christmas, not simply as a holiday, but to in a very special way, remember your love and your grace in our behalf in sending your Son. Indeed, Father, that nativity scene always has to have the shadow of the cross over it because he came so that he could die for our sins. We thank you for that blessed truth, and we thank you, Father, for the salvation that is ours through faith in him, in recognition that he died in our place for our sins. We thank you, Father, for our children in the church. We just thank you for the blessing they are to us, we pray that you would be with them as they grow and mature, that they'd put you first in their lives, that they would recognize their need of a Savior, that they would trust him, and that they would live for him. I pray, Father, that we as adults would be examples to them of those who are truly humbled and submissive before you, desiring to worship and serve you. I pray, Father, that our service together this morning would be a blessing to each one who's come, that we would truly worship you. And we thank you for that opportunity. I pray, Father, throughout this coming week as we would prepare for Christmas Day, that we would keep in mind that you love us, that you care for us, and that's why you indeed did send your Son. And we thank you for the opportunity to be together this morning, to be reminded 
of that truth. In the hustle and bustle of the season, it's good for us to just stop and sit down and to contemplate what you have done in our behalf. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your blessings upon us. Thank you for the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
Good job, choir. Many a church makes the decision not to have a choir, not for Christmas, Easter, other times. And I'm so thankful to be part of a group that's willing to make the sacrifice and say, as a group, we want to minister. And it's so worth it. Every Christmas, every Easter, singing the gospel is worth it. Praise the Lord for him. Let's take our hymn books. And why don't we stand, please, before the message. 130, O come all ye faithful. be seated. Never ceases to amaze me the talent that God has given our church through you individuals. We certainly appreciate you sharing that talent with us and glorifying the Lord with it. And as you watch the children, you can see some of that talent developing even as children, and we're thrilled to see that and trust that the Lord will use that talent and those abilities that he's given us so that we might glorify him. Eddie, governor of New Jersey. I have one question. Can any good thing come out of New Jersey? 
That was the question that Nathanael asked with reference to Nazareth when Philip came to him and said, I, I found the Messiah, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Anyway, we won't go any further with that. Um, <laughs> I am going to just take a few minutes, I don't want to take a, a long time here, but just some, some thoughts from God's Word as it relates to Christmas. You know, as, as we come to Christmas time, we, we often think of family and we spend time with family, whether it's our, our immediate family or perhaps extended family. I know when I was growing up, uh, you know, as an immediate family, my mom and dad and, and my, three or my two brothers and I, we, we never opened up our presence as an immediate family on Christmas Day because we'd always do it ahead of time, a day or two, maybe Christmas Eve, but then we'd always go down and we'd spend Christmas Day with extended family. We'd go to my, my uh, we'd stay Christmas Eve with my grandmother on my mom's side and get up in the morning there. But then for lunch, we'd go over for dinner, we'd go over to my, my parents, uh, or my father's parents. And the extended family was there with probably 20, 25 of us, and we always have a great time on Christmas Day. So it's just about family often, isn't it? Whether it's immediate family, you develop traditions in your immediate family, but also extended family. Often we think of family at Christmas time. And as we think of family, let's just for a moment think about that little family in that stable, with that baby in the manger. You know, from, from the outside looking in, it just looked like an ordinary family. Now, their circumstances, their surroundings may have been a little bit unique. A newborn baby laid in a manger. But, but, but you look from the outside in, and, and you've got a, a mom, a dad, and a new baby. Just an ordinary family. And this new baby was born just like any other baby would be born. No, no miracle in the birth itself. It was just a, a birth like any other baby. This baby was just as human as you and I. Born as a human baby. Just an ordinary family. And yet, was not this family extraordinary? The birth may have been just like any other birth, but the conception certainly was unique and different. For a virgin conceived to bear this child. The birth was an ordinary birth, like any other human, but the conception was extraordinary, unique, never happened before or since. A virgin conceived to bear this child. We're told that the Holy Spirit came upon her and that holy thing which would be born of her would be called the Son of God. Yes, this baby was fully human just like you and me, but he was also God the Son. Fully God. Extraordinary family. His parents, Joseph and Mary, were asked to be parents to God. That's not ordinary. That's not usual. He was fully man and fully God. And Joseph and Mary are being asked to, to raise God as their child. Extraordinary. And then as you think about that, you, you think how we read in John chapter 1 that he created all things. By him were all things made that were made. 
He is the creator. This baby, the creator of the universe, for the first time ever, the baby created the mother. That's not ordinary. For the first time ever, we see this this God, the Son, come to this earth as a baby. The Creator being born by the creature. Extraordinary. And then I think about that, that song we sing sometimes at Christmas time, that Mary, did you know? And it asks that question, Mary, did you know that that this baby that you've delivered would soon deliver you? Wow, what a thought. She delivered this baby by birth, and yet this baby was going to deliver her and us from our sin. This was no ordinary family. As you think about And what Christmas story is is complete without a a thought concerning the wise men. The wise men saw his star. They were were about 600 miles to the east of Bethlehem where he was born. But but they saw his star. And and often it's been wondered, what what in the world was this star? We, We suggested last week in our message that perhaps the star that they saw was the the glory of the Lord that shone round about the shepherds. We, we read on the morning that Christ was born that the, the angels appeared to the shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And, and I happen to believe, I can't prove it, but I happen to believe that, that the wise men saw the glory of the Lord shining around the shepherds 600 miles to the east and they saw it as a star. And because of their study of the Old Testament scriptures, the Jewish scriptures, they had estimated that the king of the Jews would be born around that time. They couldn't pinpoint it exact, but but from the Old Testament, they could have kind of had an idea when, and they saw that, that star, they saw it as the glory of God, and that the king of the Jews was born. And they began to make plans to come to Jerusalem assuming that that's where the king of Jews would be born, would be in Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. They make their way to Jerusalem, and when they get to Jerusalem, they they ask, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. That was the whole purpose of that 600-mile trip, and, and perhaps even further, because instead of going across the desert, they probably went up around the Fertile Crescent, maybe even a 1,000 miles. But the whole purpose of making that trip was to worship this newborn king of the Jews. When they did finally come to Jerusalem, they asked, they inquired, and they said, well, he's to be born in Bethlehem, so they make their way to Bethlehem. And once again, that star appeared, the glory of the Lord, I believe, appearing over the house where Jesus was. And we read in Matthew chapter 2 that as they arrived at the house, they indeed went in and they worshipped him. They worshipped him. Some of our friends would have us believe that Mary herself was sinless and that she too ought to be worshipped. I don't believe the scripture teaches that at all. The wise men didn't come to the house and worship Mary. They didn't come to the house and worship Joseph. They came to the house and worshipped him, the baby, 
recognizing him as the king of the Jews. But more than that, this was not simply paying homage to a king. This was worshiping God. Again, studying those Old Testament scriptures, the Jewish scriptures, they would have understood that this, this Messiah, this king of the Jews, was God himself. And they worshiped him as God. And then we read that they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Much has been said about those gifts and and their meaning. We won't get into that this morning, but I'm interested in the word that's used in Scripture, that they presented him with gifts. This was more than just giving somebody a gift at Christmas time. That word presented is the word that's used in Scripture with reference to, to offering sacrifices to God. As they presented these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they were offering them as sacrifices to the one they believed to be God as they worshipped Him. And then as we think about the wise men worshipping Jesus, I, I think about the angels. We read in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6, And again, when he brings forth the first begotten into the world, he says, and that is God the Father says, and let all the angels of God worship him. Let all the angels of God worship him. Put yourself in the place of an angel. They've been worshiping God ever since they were created. They've been worshiping God the Father. They've been worshiping God the Son. They've been worshiping God the Holy Spirit. They've been worshiping God ever since they were created. But now God the Son is sent out of heaven into this world as a baby. Now I'm not sure how much God had told the angels about what he was doing. We do read in in 1 Peter that the angels desired to look into this whole plan of God to save man. God made no provision to save the fallen angels, but he's making provision to to save fallen man. And and it says in in 1 Peter that the angels desire to look into this. They they want to learn more about this salvation of man and how much God told them ahead of time, we're, we're not told. But here's God the Son. They've been worshiping him ever since they were created. And now this God the Son is is a human baby. It had to be kind of confusing. And and then they were thinking, no doubt, well, okay, we're supposed to worship God. We know that. We've been doing that since our creation. And and we know we're not supposed to worship man. But what do we do with this baby? Do we worship him or don't we worship him? Is he God? Is he man? What do we do? And, And we read there in Hebrews Chapter 1 and verse 6, what I have called before the, the, the cosmic command. God proclaimed to the cosmos, let all the angels of God worship Him. All questions were erased, all doubts from the angels' part. What do we do with this baby? Is He God? Is He man? What do we do? And God clears it up with this cosmic command, let all the angels of God worship Him. And indeed, the angels did worship him along with the wise men. We read a lot about joy in the scriptures as well. 
When it comes to the birth of Christ, it says that uh, when the wise men, again, as they came to worship him and they, they see the, the star reappear over Bethlehem and where, where the Jesus was, it says that they were filled with exceedingly great joy. Boy, those words that are put together there, exceedingly great joy. They were just completely overwhelmed with joy when they found the baby Jesus, where they were able to worship him. When the angels appeared to the shepherds, they said to the shepherds, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. There's a lot of joy involved in, in the birth of Christ. And Christ himself said to the disciples, these things I say unto you, that your joy may be full. So I have several questions for you this morning. First of all, as we talked about this family, Joseph and Mary, the baby Jesus, uh, from the outside looking in, just an ordinary family, but so extraordinary. I ask you this morning, are you part of God's family? 1 John chapter 1, verse 12 tells us, as many as received him, to them gave he the authority to become the children of God. As you receive Christ as your Savior, recognizing why he came, to die for your sins, and you put your trust in Him for eternal life, you have the authority to become a child of God. Are you a child of God this morning through faith in Jesus Christ? Are you part of God's family? And if you are, if you have no doubts about that, you know you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you're, you're sure of your eternal destiny, I just ask you this morning, as Christmas time approaches, Christmas Day, are you worshiping Him? Or have you been just, uh, just caught up in life? You know, life gets very busy and life gets very complicated sometimes and, and very challenging. And, and sometimes we can just get our focus on our circumstances, we get our focus on ourselves and, and what's going on in our lives, and, and we just forget to worship Him. Well, we might go through the motions, you know, we might go to church, and we might sing the Christmas carols, and we, we might read the Bible some, but, but are we really worshiping Him? Have we truly humbled ourselves in submission to Him? We can't worship Him unless we have committed ourselves to His will. If we're just going our own way, doing our own thing, and making our own decisions without any consideration of Him, we're not worshiping Him, I ask this morning. Are you worshiping Him in your life? Have you submitted completely to Him and to His will? And then I ask you the third question. Is your joy full? Christ said, I, I've come and I've said the things that I have that your joy might be full. Are you experiencing full joy this morning? Or again, have you been just so caught up in life and in the trials and the challenges of life and, and the complications of life and the busyness of life that, that you've lost your joy? We can only have that joy as we are part of the family of God and as we have submitted ourselves to Him in worship and to His complete will. That's when we can have full joy. So as we approach Christmas Day, a week from today, I challenge each one of us to ask these three questions. Am I 
a member of the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ? Is my heart truly prepared to worship Him in full submission and humility before Him? And am I really experiencing full joy in my life? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. We can only rejoice in Him always because He never changes. Our circumstances change and we can be happy and sad and and all of those things, but joy is not so much an emotion. Joy is a way of thinking, thinking about who God is and thinking about His promises and He never changes and His promises never change. We can find joy in the character and promises of God always. This Christmas season, Are you part of the family of God? Are you prepared to worship Him? Are you experiencing full joy? Let's bow in prayer. Father, we're so thankful this morning that we can come together and just consider these thoughts as our children have proclaimed the truth of the birth of Christ and as the choir has sung of that truth as well and as we've seen in your word Father, we just pray that each one here this morning would be able to answer without a doubt, yes, I am part of the family of God. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. If there's any here who are just not sure of that, I pray, Father, that they could make sure through the truths of your word. And I pray, Father, that we would be prepared in our hearts to worship you and to have that full joy that you've promised to those who would humble themselves before you. We thank you again, Father, for your love, for your grace, and for your care for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. help and encouragement to you in any way this Christmas season, please let us know. Seek us out. Give us a call. See us even before you leave this morning. Shall we stand together? Father, we are so grateful this morning for this time together. Thank you for the the fun and the joy that we can have. I pray, Father, that we would continue to meditate upon the truths that we have heard today. Guide us in our Sunday school hour now to follow. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you and Merry Christmas.